You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Wake Up with Patty Catter. Today, I have this guy named Maverick on the show. You guys, I was scrolling my Instagram, minding my own business, and all of a sudden, this guy pops out on my Instagram. First of all, come on. You can't you can't deny this, okay? So I'm just going to throw this out here. He's this big, muscular guy. And I'm like, whoa, he looks pretty cute. And then, boom, he's wearing a wig. And I'm like, what is going on in my Instagram? <laughs> so I had to see more. And I was really, really intrigued to see that, Maverick, you work as a life coach. Um, but we're going to get more into that. I'd love it if you could just introduce yourself a little bit more and let our listeners know... Um, who you are and and what you're about. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Patty. Um, super, super psyched to be here. Yeah, I'm Maverick Willett, um, owner of Maverick Online Coaching, which is a women's nutrition coaching company where we help women, um, you know, 30 plus um, get the revenge bodies. Now, that's that's the, a big marketing term, the revenge body, but basically it's just, you know, escaping dieting culture, reclaiming your power through, you know, sustainable nutrition and getting some amazing results and finding yourself again um, through honoring your body and honoring your mind. So um, that's what I do full time. Um, I'm a father. I've got a three year old son co-parenting with his mother, which we have a great relationship. I'm, I always mention that because I'm super proud of it. This is rare. And uh, yeah, I live in South Florida. Um, that takes the most of my time running, the, running the business and, and being a dad and just living life and trying to learn new things and interact with cool people like yourself. Thank you. So tell me a little bit more about this. How did you decide to start working with women in general? I mean, that's not an easy task at all. Yeah, it's I get asked that a lot. It's a fair question. You know, why just women? Um, well, a lot of it has to do with my mom. I was a uh, I was brought up in a very unique uh, environment. My mother was a competitive bodybuilder, as was my dad. And so I grew up in a culture of fitness. And I got to watch her do a lot of things that broke, quote unquote, female stereotypes at the time, especially. Um, she was a champion bodybuilder. She was a black belt in martial arts. She had originally dropped out of high school to have my sister when she was 17 years old. And then uh, it was also involved in a pretty abusive marriage at the time. Left that. Um, I watched her go back, get her GED, her bachelor's degree, her master's and then her doctorate and ascend to the head of a company's HR department. And, and just watching her do all that and just break so many ceilings for, for women um, really was the inspiration behind working with women. Because what I want is I want all women to feel that confidence and have that abundance that Lynn Willett, my mom, has. You know, And women are capable of that, especially when they have the, the right tools, a compass, so to speak. And it's really hard because there's so much misinformation out there and there's so much bullshit on the internet and social media leading women down a path of yo-yo dieting and losing themselves and being obsessed with the scale and comparison on social media. And so I just look to be a kind of a, a lighthouse of sorts to, to help them out of the woods and find balance and find themselves much like my mom did. So my mom's kind of the catalyst for it all. To be completely transparent, I used to work with both men and women and I found as an entrepreneur, as time went on, I enjoyed working with women a lot more than I did men. They just tended to be more coachable. They were more receptive to the guidance I was giving. And so I just kind of like a natural move for me at about the one year mark to, to niche down to women. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because for me as a woman, I do tend to listen to a man's advice more than a lot of women. It just depends on the situation, I guess. But especially if I'm working out because it's kind of like motivation. Plus you kind of like dangle this carrot in front of their faces, right? I mean, you're a handsome looking guy. Um, somebody's just coming out of divorce and they're just like want to keep their mind sidetracked on something um, healthier. And honestly, I mean, you look healthy, you seem healthy, you want to coach them right there. They're more receptive, I would guess, to you, right? There is a huge aspect of that. And the cool part is, you know, we we kind of serve both because there are many women who resonate more with a, a male coach or mentor. And there's also some that would rather have a female presence. And so what we've done is give both. It's kind of a hybrid model where I have a coaching team comprised of all women who are former clients, which is also a kind of a cool aspect. But they've also had those experiences. They've gone through separation. They've gone through custody battles. They've gone through losing themselves in divorce or what have you. And they've made it on the other side. And they found sustainability with their nutrition and they've got a banging body in the process. So that's the the coaching. You can get obviously a one-on-one coach in the form of a woman who's been there, done that and come out on the other side. And you also have me in there wearing wigs and doing cartwheels and dressing up like a Viking. So it's kind of a good mix. It is a good mix because right now, especially in the world today, I think there's so much garbage on TV and on so like on um, mainstream media, the news, and you just kind of can get depressed if you get wrapped up in that. And so seeing you do cartwheels and a skirt and a wig was hilarious to me. And I know that my listeners are going to really appreciate your humor because a lot of my listeners are like minded, right? So, um, Tell me this, when you were a kid, did your parents have you lifting weights? They never pushed it on me. Um, They obviously they I think what was important was they modeled it for me. And I know this firsthand as a dad now, you know, whatever I do, my son Denver just jumps in and wants to do with me. If I told him to go outside and start doing squats, he would just stare at me. But if I go out there, it never fails. When I go out there and do some squats on the on our patio, he immediately pushes me out of the way so he can start doing some. So I think seeing my parents model that behavior for so long, it just kind of um, instilled in me the importance of of just staying fit, staying healthy. Um, and and so although they never really pushed me into it, seeing them do it made me want to pick it up and, and start. I just wanted to be like mom. I wanted to be like dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can just picture your son. I've never even seen a picture of him, but I can picture it like a little mini you, like you calling him Thor and him running around with like a. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's the sweetest boy. Yeah, but he does look a lot like me. It's kind of scary. <laughs> does he have the beard yet? That's the question. Not yet. Not yet. I would say he's three. So maybe four. He'll probably okay. get it. Yeah, definitely. It, it, as long as he eats his spinach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spinach. Yeah, B vitamins. He's, he's definitely four years old. He'll yeah. have it. Definitely. So when you were growing up, did you think like, hey, I'm going to get into bodybuilding or were you even like, well, maybe I don't want to do that because my parents are doing it. What was your thought? Honestly, it's not the same as when they did it Um, back in the 80s and early 90s. It was a little more prestigious. You know, only the, the, you know, craziest, most dedicated physiques at the gym competed. And it was a a very small subculture of people. They had couples routines, which is what my parents did. They choreographed, uh, you know, almost like dance posing routines together. And so there was an art about it as well. And you just don't really see that today. Um, I did compete. However, I did it to pay homage to my mom. 
I did it about, uh, it was in 2017. I competed one time and I spent 12 weeks choreographing a routine from her old VHS, VHS tapes of her posing. Mm -hmm. I put together a whole routine, did her whole thing and didn't tell her. So since she came up, she showed up to the show, not knowing that I was going to do that. I stepped on stage. It was her song. It was her routine. And that was just a really, really cool moment. And I ended up, I did win the show, but the, the coolest part was just doing that for my mom. And however, through that experience of going through the prep and seeing people backstage, you know, I just, I learned that it wasn't for me. I was like, this isn't healthy. I don't want to do this. It's not sustainable. It's not something I enjoyed, but doing that for her was awesome. That is priceless. What does your mom think of your Instagram? She supports me. She's always supported me. Um, there are some videos I know she probably shakes her head and she probably doesn't bring it up purposely because she probably feels that, you know, hey, this is this is a little much, you know, <laughs> and and that's OK. My content both triggers, polarizes and magnetizes. And that's what good marketing does. I'm not for everybody. And sometimes that includes my mom, but <laughs> she she supports me regardless. She knows I'm doing something I'm passionate about. She knows I've been comedic since I was three years old. So she knows I'm doing what I love to do. And, and at the end of the day, that's, that's really all that matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were you, how were you in school when you were a little kid? Were you like a class clown or were you shy? I was the epitome <laughs> of a class clown. And I think a lot of that came from being bullied. Early on, I was pretty traumatized by bullying as a young boy. I, I didn't fit in. I was excluded a lot by kids who were more well off or more athletic or what have you. And I sought laughter as a form of being noticed and, and feeling worthy. And so I found out at an early age, I could make people laugh pretty easily. And so that led to me acting out a lot in class, getting in trouble a lot. And I did it because when people would laugh, I felt like, oh, hey, this is something I'm good at. I feel worthy. I'm, I feel accepted. And so at, it was to my detriment for sure <laughs> growing up, but I always at the same time have had a knack for being a comedic person at my core. Mm -hmm. I wonder at your class reunion, what people think, you know, if they're like, what I, do you do? Gosh, let's see. That's I'm 33. So that's 15 years ago. So man, I, I haven't seen any of those people for 15 years. So I'm sure some of them probably still follow me on social media. It's probably just like a totally different human being. I would assume they just probably don't know, like, man, you're, this is not the game, same guy that we knew back then. <laughs> 2008. <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, buildy, I can't talk today. A lot of bodybuilders that I've met have been bullied at one time or another when they were children. It's really incredible to learn that because you would think at first glance, like, whoa, these people, they're very confident and they've always had this great confidence about them. Well, the elephant in the room is overcompensation, right? So I never want to feel that way again. So let me build up my life around never feeling those feelings. I mean, that's what it amounts to. And not everyone. There's there's outliers who just do it because they they love the sport and they want to be healthy. But there is a huge element of body dysmorphia, um, you know, wanting to, again, escape and, and protect from being bullied. It's like I was bullied. These muscles will protect me from ever being bullied again. Or these muscles will protect me from feeling like this partner made me feel two relationships ago. And we do that with so many things, right? With with money, with with cars, with notoriety, with our bodies. It's just a lot of us build our entire lives around running from that tiger, which is the feelings that we haven't, you know, dealt with yet. So yeah, there's there was definitely an element of that for me, um, overcompensation and and insecurity for sure. Mm -hmm. 
So what happens when a woman comes to you or do they go to your coaching team maybe now and they're like, I just came out of this really bad relationship or I'm in a bad relationship and my spouse or my boyfriend doesn't, I feel like I'm not appreciated. Like, how do you even begin to work with somebody whose confidence is already kind of like, uh, um, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, but I am kind of like at a rock bottom. So I need to do something and I, I'm ready to go. Like, what do you... How do you pull them in? Well, it's it's very synergistic with our nutrition approach and in which we ground in simplicity. Um, we always make the disclaimer, like, you know, obviously we, we market ourselves as a revenge body program, but we are not going to go to your ex's house and egg his house or leak his nudes online or anything like that. Like we're primarily a body transformation program, right? Sure. But by it all kind of meshes together because when you honor your body, when you honor your mind, when you when you take care of yourself, when you start to take simple steps towards better health and better quality of life, that bleeds over just from an integral standpoint into everything else you do. So simple, simple, simple steps. It's like most of the time when we're going through some kind of traumatic emotional experience or we have some kind of resent or we're trying to just, you know, get momentum again, we go all in and it's it's like all or nothing. We try to have some kind of dynamic lifestyle change overnight and that never pans out. And so instead we do the opposite and we say, what is one small commitment you can make to yourself this week that you know you can follow through on? It's kind of a philosophy of commit slowly, complete readily. So for some people, that's like go on one walk to increase their step count or track your protein or eat one high protein meal this week, just this week, not today, just this week period. And then we're like, Usually the reaction is like, well, that's that sounds super easy. It's like, yeah, that, that's the point, sis. Like you need super easy because you don't trust your own ability to follow through on your own word, right? Like your your commitment level is very high, but in reality, your your ability to meet that commitment is very low. So we have to meet your where you're at and go with the next step versus trying to jump the staircase. And so that bleeds over into self-care. It bleeds over into pouring into your own cup. It bleeds into regaining your confidence, regaining your power. You have to meet yourself where you're at. If you're in rock bottom, if you're at the bottom of the hole, you have to like whatever the next step is to start clawing yourself out. And sometimes that's just what's the next right thing I can do. So we carry that over into everything we do. We break things down. Everyone thinks that you need some kind of complex nutrition formula to start burning fat. And you really, really don't. It is actually so, so simple. But people are waiting through haystacks of bullshit to find the needle that is the answer, which is you just need super simple. You need caloric awareness. You need to move more. You need to get stronger. That's it. You need awareness of your eating, get stronger and move more. And if you do those three things consistently over time, you will, you will change your body. There's no way around that, but people get so caught up in like all the extremes. So that simple nutrition advice also applies to getting yourself out of a rut with your confidence and with your, with body image and everything else. Like what, what, did, how are you speaking to yourself? Let's say one positive affirmation about yourself today. Let's be aware of maybe one self-limiting belief you have and just tackle that. Just meet them where they're at. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So do you ever have your team show up knocking on their door? Like, where have you been? Or you just let them go? Oh, virtually. Yeah. So that's the other mm-hmm. thing about our program is we're, we, I would consider us a very, um, we're a very blunt, tough love type of program. We're not for excuse makers. We're not for victim mentality type of people. And I'm very clear about that in my content to the point where, you know, we, we repel people who are allergic to accountability. We attract people who are ready to take ownership of their body transformation. So although I, I can't show up at your door with my battle axe yet, um, we do make a point to, you know, reach out and and call if needed and get on a one-to-one video call and, and you know, just say, hey, like, Deborah, what's 
what's up? What's going on? I haven't heard from you this week. Can you, you know, help? So I, there's not many programs that do that. There's not like, you know, Weight Watchers, Beachbody. If you don't comply, like they're just going to let you go. Like they, they don't care. You're, you're just a number and they're going to replace you a week later. Right. So, or even the same day. So we're, we go above and beyond to make sure, you know, we're, we're holding clients um, accountable to the investment they've made in themselves. That's really great. I think you should have a travel, um, a travel section on your website. Like I'll travel for however many thousands of dollars and <laughs> I bet you could do it. <laughs> I, I think I could. I think my safety would be at risk, but I think oh, that, um, no, I think th- th- we are going to start doing some in-person stuff here in the very near future, as far as retreats and stuff like that goes. It's, it's time. We're all way overdue for that. That is great. Yeah. I don't know about your safety being in check. I mean, like in risk, I should say, because I mean, I don't know how tall you are on your videos. You look like you're seven foot tall. You could be like five foot two for all I know, <laughs> like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm about six, five. So yeah, I'm, I'm a large okay. human being. So my son's yes. definitely going to be a large guy too. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of crazy people on the internet. So I do have a question about that. Have you ever had any crazies try to to message you and follow you? Because I was recently on a show discussing this thing where I've I've had that happen. I'm sure you probably have, right? Every day. Um, it depends on what you classify as, as crazy. But since my content is, you know, it's no holds barred. You know, I I tell it like it is. I I I don't bullshit. I don't sugarcoat. People who aren't ready for that get emotionally reactive. And since they can't emotionally regulate, they immediately go to their trigger fingers and just keyboard warrior to death in the comments. Yeah. I've had death threats. I've had just this morning, I had a woman um, say some really awful shit to me on Facebook. So, I mean, yeah, it happens all the time because, and, and that's a slippery slope, you know, as a male um, speaking to women on women's issues, speaking about menopause, speaking about postpartum um, weight loss, spe- speaking about all these things that I will never really never personally experience. There is a very fine line of, you know, helping women with these things and being a source of knowledge on it and and helping people's quality of life and also coming across condescending and also staying sensitive to the fact that I will never experience those things. So there's definitely a level of triggeredness that happens on a daily basis. I haven't encountered anything that I would classify as, as super stalker or crazy yet. Thankfully, knock on wood. Um, but I do get all kinds of harassing, negative, hateful comments every single day. <laughs> it's part of it. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's the downside of the internet. And then thankfully, we have the block, you know, the block and delete buttons, um, which work a lot of times until they make a new username. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes the block, I mean, yeah, we do have the block and delete, but sometimes that just, it's like pouring kerosene on the fire and then they'll start emailing you, you're sitting yes. up on WhatsApp or something. It's so. so true. But you know, that's where their mindset is. And and I'm sure that comes in with some mental disabilities too, is what I say, because yeah. nobody who's in a sound right mind is going to do that. So well, it's also just unhealedness. I mean, we we live in a world where people are just walking around with wounds that haven't been healed and they just broadcast that through their interactions on social media. And I mean, nobody who's happy leaves a hateful comment. No one who is whole feels the need to send someone they've never met hate on a voluntary platform. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too. It's a voluntary platform. Like you <laughs> yeah. are voluntarily subjecting yourself to these things. So why would you send a hateful message or comment to someone you've never met? It just doesn't make any logical sense. But when you are carrying around like these childhood wounds that have yet to be addressed for 20, 30, 40 years, 
the toxicity is what abounds, you know? So I keep that in mind from a compassion standpoint. I'm like, this is just a person who's unhealed and hurting, you know? So I, I keep that in mind. I'm, I'm, I have pretty thick skin. Uh, as long as no, anyone said, as long as nobody said something about, you know, my child or something like yeah. that, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty level-headed about it. I have experience now doing this for six years. So I, I've got, I mean, I've pr- pretty much heard it all at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'm glad that you keep going because I can see that you're helping a lot of people. And I love when you have the testimonials from people too, that you've helped. That's great as well. So um, one question I ask all of my guests is what is one trial you can think of in your life? And how did you overcome that trial with triumph? Or are you still working on it? It's always I'm just always working. Um, I, I don't think the work ever ends for me. Um, I, I'll get real vulnerable with you. So I, I'm pretty open about this, but, um, I was a real douchebag for many years. I would say I went through about six years where I was, um, speaking of unhealed wounds, I had a lot of those and I was not someone who went to therapy. I I was just so unaware of the toxic traits that I had that were just coming out in every intimate relationship, just back to back to back. I was running through relationships like juggernaut, just one after the other and, and blaming everyone but myself. And there was a lot of, um, uh, there was a lot of unhealedness and there was a lot of insufficiency, insecurities leading me to seek validation outside of the relationship. So infidelity, um, virtual, you know, online, it was, it was bad. And it took my life coming to a halt, um, for me to finally face it. Um, the birth of my son was a real catalyst in me climbing out of that hole. And, uh, you know, it, it got really, really dark there for a while because I just didn't understand what was wrong with me and why I had these behaviors that were ruining all the relationships in my life. So I finally birthed my son, kind of propelled me into therapy. Um, I started therapy t- almost three years ago. And the best thing I ever did, um, a good therapist is is priceless. Um, you know, there's obviously there's there's bad eggs in every field. You got to watch out. But I've been I've been very fortunate to have some great ther- therapists um, as I've. And the cool thing is, as I've healed and grown sometimes I'll reach the extent that one person can help me and it's time to go to someone else with maybe a different specialty or someone who is better suited for the phase that I'm in in life. And I've been able to do that sequentially. And each time I've done that, just new layers have been healed. And and as a result, I was able to create some intense behavior modification that has led me to be way more integrated, uh, way healthier, um, way more integral. And so I, I really... I'm a huge advocate of therapy, especially for men. I think we live in a day and age where, you know, our, our, our parents and especially their parents, the great depression generation therapy, wasn't really a concern when you have to just put food on the table, you know, um, or, or else everyone starves, but you know, and, and I, I look back at my parents and I'm like, God, I can't believe they were as good of parents as they were given their upbringing. You know, once you start delving into your family tree and everything, you learn this stuff, but um, I, I'm a huge advocate of therapy for for many reasons. I see it as performance enhancement. Um, I think that a lot of, obviously, just people in general, but men in particular, have a lot of wounds that we're not willing to poke at and address. So we we overcompensate, kind of like we were talking about earlier with with other things, with you know hyper competitiveness and this quote unquote alpha mindset. And it's like if you got to talk about how to be alpha, that's not really alpha. You should just kind of be, <laughs> you know, have a strong integrated masculine presence, but. Um, I'm a big advocate of it for men. I think um, men would eat dog shit if it meant that we could gain one pound of muscle and yet we won't invest in therapy for performance enhancement to increase our quality of life, you know? So 
that was just a big eye opener for me. But that was that was what turned my life around. And I'm, I'm my son. I always say saved my life. He really did. I mean, him coming into my life and and that extra layer of responsibility and the love and joy that he has brought into my life. It, it really propelled me into you know getting the help and, and getting doing the work that I needed to. Because if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have the company that I have now. I wouldn't have this business. I wouldn't have this home that I I bought as a result of the business and all the, the blessings that I have now. If I hadn't have started working on myself, none of this would have materialized. None of it. I would have kept going down a horrible path of self-destruction. So that long-winded answer, but I, I think that's um, coming from where I came from. Selling, I was working a job I hated. I was selling cars. I had a car that would break down on the way to work. I was living out of trash bags and and going from that, barely able to pay my rent to owning a, you know, the business that I do now, two businesses um, is just testament to what self-work can do for someone. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing. I'm glad that you opened up about that. Um, I have a lot of listeners on my show who really are just searching for that one bit of positiveness in their life every single day. You know, um, people listen to the show because they know we're talking about overcoming these trials. And we've had um, several homeless people, sick um, individuals, uh, physically sick, and just looking for that glimpse of hope. And so I think that your story really uh, shines a light on the fact that you can go from a place where you finally realize like, geez, I need some help and get it. I think that's amazing that you were able to share that. So thank you for that. Um, could you do me a favor and could you show or share your social media handles and your website? Yeah. So Maverick Online Coaching will pretty much bring you everywhere. <clears throat> the podcast is the Revenge Body Podcast. But if you just type in Maverick Online Coaching, that's the Instagram uh, the website is maverickonlinecoaching.net slash revenge. Uh, that'll bring you to our that'll bring you to our website. But best place is my Instagram at Maverick Online Coaching. That's where all the good stuff is, and the links to everything else is on there mm -hmm. as well. Yes, good. So if you're watching, you see that on the screen right now. If you're listening, you can go to the show notes or my website, and I'll make sure to have all of your um, Maverick's links there. So thank you, Maverick. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I really appreciate you. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and telling us a little bit about yourself. And if you haven't seen Maverick's work, definitely go check it out. You're going to love it. And um, everybody, just thank you so much for listening this week again. And I appreciate you and our new listeners. I hope you come back for more. Um, until next time, I will talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Patty Catter. Until next time.